an eye on the street below. Alfred says I have trouble with intimacy, but people often die when they get close to me. I'm kicking and punching. Hey everybody, happy Batman vs. Superman weekend. This is Brian, Vince, and Zach here with the DC Threekly Batman and Robin Eternal podcast, episode number 25, the penultimate episode of the Threekly in its current incarnation. Be warned out there who are new to the show, this is, well, first of all, who's new to the show? Go back and listen to the past 24 episodes. But um, besides that, this is a spoilery podcast. We're going to talk about issue 25 of Batman and Robin Eternal in depth. So if you haven't read it, go read it and come back. Uh, this issue was written by, uh, as always, the story is by James Tynan IV and Scott Snyder. Scripted by Steve Orlando, illustrated by Javi Pina and Goran Suzuka. All right, so we begin with um, uh, Midnighter, and he is getting, he is forcing Scarecrow to make his formula faster. And we see that the various Robins and Bat Bat friends are, uh, you know, doing their best to hold off the kids, as well as the, uh, as, as they're referred to here, orphan understudies. In these different cities, um, we see you know them trying to coordinate their actions by basically just holding them off as long as possible. Then we flip back to the uh, I forget if it's the North Pole or the South Pole. I think it's the North Pole, right, guys? Uh, put me on the spot here. Uh... They go to a pole. Let's put it that way, and uh, we see uh, <laughs> Asriel and Dick Grayson. And they're fighting, and Dick is trying to convince Azrael that killing Mother just stops the doesn't stop the uh, the chain of violence, just continues it. We then see Dick use these uh, I don't even know what you'd call them these tools of some sort to essentially destroy Azrael's sword, and he thinks he's done this awesome thing, but then Azrael kind of grows swords out of his. Uh, wrist armor and uh dick manages to 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 best him in the fight essentially and um asriel asks him to explain how they can take down mother and we flash inside to mother who is standing with a tied up cassandra kane and harper Rowe, and she is trying to convince harper to kill cass not just for what she's done but to sort of solidify her position as being with mother now and Harper is refusing, and um, we uh, then we flash back once again to the junction room, which is where uh, uh, Cullen Cullen uh, Rowe is, and he is helping coordinate efforts. And uh, we then see that um, the twelve orphans are giving the problem to the twelve sort of bat allies, and Midnighter has an idea. And so he essentially has them all open doors to the same place and send the different uh, orphan clones into there. And then we see them all arrive in Midnighter's presence, and Midnighter uh, does what he does, which is he beats the hell out of them. Um, we then see the, the other bat allies, specifically Steph in Tokyo. We see her and... Uh, Duke in Gotham, Babs in Paris, 
uh, Tim in Moscow taking down all of these towers that are that are broadcasting out the uh, the signal, and then they are starting to pump the fear toxin at all of these kids, and we begin to see the kids you know, come out of these trances and ask what happened. Then we go back to uh, to the pole of indeterminate origin. And we see mother sort of flipping out because she's, uh, you know, she says uh, people don't need to be saved from pain; they need to be pushed through it. And they want to relaunch the secondary, relaunch the the program using the secondary receiving receiving towers. And um, we essentially see Harper fully admit she is not going to touch Cass. We see Dick climbing the face of this mountain into the ice castle that Mother is in. And Mother says, no one will stop me from saving the world. To which Dick says, sorry, Mother, but I think that's my job. It's a pretty badass Dick Grayson scene. And that wraps up the issue. Oh, yeah. Uh, did I forget anything, boys? No, that was great. Yep, you got it. So what did you guys think of this issue? Uh, well, it was, you know... Well, I know I said that last week's issue was my... Oh man. Uh, hello? 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 That that's a that's a huge delay, isn't it? Maybe cuz I think yeah. Okay, well, well Zach, go ahead and say what you were going to say. Oh, okay. I was just going to say I know I said that last week's issue was my favorite so far, but this one is now my favorite. So <laughs> I uh I might be right there with you. I love seeing the Bat Family do Bat Family stuff. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I uh, I think it was a really good issue. I don't know that I would necessarily put it ahead or behind of of what came before. I think it's um, it's just a piece of the arc that we're in right now, and I think it's working really well. Um, I think it flows. I, we complemented the last two issues pretty heavily, and I think this is right up there with them. Yeah, I I think that this this part of the story is very fast moving and has a lot of exciting elements, and we get to see some of our favorite back characters do really great things. And so, what's not to like, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I really I think is this the first time we've had uh, Pina and Saduka on this book? No, I think we had them one other time. Okay. Um, I just really like both of them, and I thought they did a really great job on this issue. Yeah, I, I have to say the back half of Eternal art-wise has been great. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. There's there's not as many of those like fill-in weeks where it, felt, it feels like a misstep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I especially liked their uh, their Midnighter, but I've been enjoying everybody's Midnighter actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe can we Midnighter can we all agree? Oh, he is. Can we all agree that he was the star of this issue? Well, that that's kind of. Well, I guess we'll jump ahead to my one thing because I was going to talk about that. Uh, Midnighter's kind of the hero of the story, isn't he? <laughs> like they were totally lost before they went to Midnighter, and he's he is almost single handedly turned the tide for the good guys. Do you do you think that? That's interesting to me because he is a Batman analog and he is kind of forming that, that anchor that they need right now in, <laughs> in place of a Batman. It's very interesting. 
um, I think part of it is just that he is, uh, he's somebody who is so focused on his task and so good at what he's, what he can do that, mm-hmm. that, that he, there's just no stopping him. Kind of like Bruce, like, whereas Bruce is like the ultimate detective, I think Midnighter is the ultimate fighter. And, you know, he has, he has the fighting computer in his brain. So this is just what he does. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch him do his thing. So, so here's a question for you guys. Um, moving forward, do you hope we see Midnighter um, involved with the Bat Family more often and playing a bigger role as a part of that greater universe, or do you kind of want him to stay in his own little corner most of the time? I mean, hasn't he kind of been part of the Bat Universe since his book started? I kind of... I mean, I would... Uh, I guess so. I, I guess maybe see him like interacting more in like the main Bat books, if that makes sense. You know, like seeing him interacting with these characters on a regular basis. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Like when, I mean, he he guest stars in Grayson so often that he basically feels like a regular cast member. Right, movie, but I guess but, I see, like, Grayson is, like, tangential also, right. you know, because it's... You're talking about the greater Bat family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, I... Here's what I think. I think with the Rebirth lineup as it is right now, you know, barring any surprises or changes in the near future, it's very clear that there's, like, there's no uh, Wildstorm stuff in there, is there? Like none of those titles immediately suggest that there are any Wildstorm books coming. No, but I can see Wildstorm characters being on one of those team books. Sure, but don't you think that it's most likely going to be just Midnighter? <laughs> like yeah, nobody, probably. nobody's in a real rush to get Apollo in a book right now. You're probably right. Yeah. So I just think like. I think with the feature that he has in this weekly series right now, there's almost no chance that he's not doesn't play a major role in some book after Rebirth. Um, and I guess I would say that depending on you know depending on where these specific creators go after Rebirth, he's just gonna fit right into this world again. I think you know like if. If Seeley or Orlando are on a book that touches the Bat books at all, I think, you know, creators like to use the characters that they like to use, and so I'm not going to be surprised to see him bouncing around again. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you guys. Could could Midnighter convince you to buy a Red Hood and the Outlaws book if he was one of the Outlaws? Is Scott Liddell um, writing it? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Bell's not writing it, but you know what? That is going to bring me to my one thing, actually. So can I can I kind of dovetail my one thing into my answer to your question? Absolutely. My one thing was going to be that there's a page with Red Hood in it where he says, uh, "Shame, kid, we've been doing so well. Something to remember me by, champ. You should you should know it's always a gunfight." And he's like shooting one of the. Mm-hmm. People wearing the orphan costume, you know, one of the kids. Yeah. And uh, 
like that particular page made me think like wow midnighter is like is basically red hood but like a hundred times cooler <laughs> like like you could easily put midnighter in that panel saying those words and it fits but red hood just sucks <laughs> you, know? you know so i guess my answer to your question is can midnighter be the red hood <laughs> Like, I, uh, like, are you saying you want him to fill in, or you want him to actually be Red Hood? I want him to. I'd rather have him wearing the Red Hood, even if it makes no sense at all. <laughs> I um, I actually think that Midnighter has. I I don't know if Midnighter was supposed to play as big of a role in this as he has, but I feel like with Orlando as such a strong part of this book, Orlando has his voice down so much. Then maybe they were like, yeah, sure, bring Midnighter into this more. And then Midnighter's become the star of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was always the plan or not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Part of me feels like this book and the writers on this book were all auditioning for Rebirth books. Yeah. That, like, Genevieve mm-hmm. Valentine, Steve Orlando, Tim Seeley, the... um the hacktivist guys, that all of them are like, all right, you know, come see what you can do here, and the folks that are thriving are going to wind up on Rebirth, and the folks that aren't, well, you know, better luck next time. Do we want to go ahead and pitch which book, who got which book? Well, before we do that, that that's, <laughs> interesting that, that's interesting that you say that, Brian, because I feel like their DCU stuff, with the exception of um, Jackson and Lansing, um, uh, their DCU stuff was like a audition for this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then like, and then I feel like they've spent the vast majority of this weekly just knowing that they were going to be doing something coming out of rebirth, you know, and they're just kind of having fun now. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling I got. I hope you're right. I hope this, I mean, there's parts of this, like this issue is so much fun. The last few issues have been so much fun, but there were those horrible slogs through like the mid teens. Yeah, it didn't feel fun at all. I I gotta chalk that up to. I gotta chalk that up to just not having enough story to fill twenty six issues. Mm-hmm. You know, but how cool! Like, did, what, what bums me out is when I think about Batman Eternal and how it was fifty two issues, and how there were so many cool little like side stories going on. Right. How they should have just yeah. done some of those side stories in here. Yeah, yeah. This was very much like here are the Robins and the and Harper Row and Cass, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas and they're all doing kind of the same thing together for the most part, you know, like uh Jason went off on his own or Jason and, and who was who Tim. was paired up with Jason, Jason Tim? and Tim. Yeah. Jason and Tim were, were off doing their own thing for like a couple issues. But if you think about Batman Eternal, there were like four parallel but pretty much completely separate you know there was like the supernatural stuff Mm -hmm. um and that filled out a lot more space so yeah i'm just gonna chalk that up. i mean it doesn't excuse it but that's the excuse you know it actually you know what i just i just thought just came to me right now you know who's been totally absent from this book is batwing didn't he die on the way back to his home planet? I, I, I'm not sure, but I feel like with all the tertiary... I mean, Talon shows up again. Talon <laughs> yeah. shows up. You would think that Batwing would be in one of these cities. Well, what, when's what, the last time we saw Batwing? 
I think Besides, in Eternal. Have we have we not seen him since then? I don't I mean, think so. I'm not reading any, every tertiary Bat book, but I don't. He yeah, hasn't, he hasn't been in Batman. He hasn't been in Grayson. He hasn't been in Robin, son of Batman. He hasn't been in. Did he ever show up in Gotham by Midnight? Because that's what I was kind of expecting. Yeah, but I... no, but he never did. Okay. Hmm. Maybe they just. Yeah, maybe they just canned him for this um, sort of "We Are Robin" type movement. Yeah. You know. See, yeah. to me, once once he started being Luke Fox, he lost a lot of what made him interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that we, was weird. That was just a weird. Yeah, it was pretty problematic to have one Batman be the Batman of Africa, whereas uh-huh. Gotham has like four Batman, and you know, yeah. it's a city in Africa as a continent. But uh-huh. I thought that the, I mean, those first few Ben Oliver illustrated issues were just so great, and uh, yeah, they were good. They were yeah. You know that that was like an Omega Men style book before Omega Men. You know, like it was just yeah, it was just diff- it, it was using familiar characters to tell a story that you almost never see told at a big two. You know, nice call, Vince. Thanks, I pulled that out of my butt five <laughs> seconds ago, <laughs> but it worked. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Batwing again, but really, they haven't known what to do with him since that opening arc. So, well, and honestly, I'd like to see all of those like Batman Inc. characters more often too. Yes. You know, like the the what was the the French Batman who uh, was in that annual issue? I think the, right. The uh, the the first Muslim Batman is the, as, yeah as yeah all the, the news went for it. Yeah. Right, right. I can't remember his name right now, but I really liked him. And um, got really all of them. They're all fantastic. I wish. Are Knight and or Squire dead? Knight oh. Knight is dead. I'm pretty I sure bet. as of Morrison's run. Yeah, because Squire was yeah like distraught over but it. But Squire oh, did man. Squire become the new knight at I the end? So yes. Yeah, oh, and oh, then we I would love her to come back. And then in Batman Eternal, we had Jiro, the uh-huh. Japanese uh, Batman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's fantastic too. He's great, yes. Him and he and Super Young Team. I wish they would show up far more often than they do. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like one of my soapboxes for years was there's too many bat books, and now I feel like there's not enough bat books <laughs> because I want all these characters around more often. Mm-hmm. The, the problem. I would love to see. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Vince. Oh, I was going to say the problem is is that there there are too many bat books. Because they're not filling them with, with all the characters. potential characters that they could be. Right. There's so many Bruce books. Right. If there were if there was a book for like every Knight and Squire type, you know, you could have two dozen bat books and they could all they could feel unique. Yeah. But that's never gonna happen because at that point they're not bat books anymore, right? <laughs> I mean like I mean I would love a Batman team up book where each issue is with a different Batman Inc. member. That yeah. Sense. Well yeah, but, you, you know, know yeah, DC oh. just doesn't do team-up books. Right. You well, know, they'll, they'll do crossovers, but... Marvel, like, has this tendency to, like, once they come up with a new title, even after the original creative team leads, they will relaunch it and keep that title around. You know, like, why we we had Uncanny X-Force for so long after Remender left, and we mm-hmm. still have all new X-Men and all of this stuff. Like, I could totally see a Batman Inc. book existing that is only the international Batman characters. 
Yeah. Sure. I, I would probably be the only one who read We would be the only ones who read it. <laughs> but if you, you put know? Bruce at the center of that book and you well, have Well, I see. I wouldn't want Bruce in it. So <laughs> that's, that's, see, to that's me, why. It, to me, that's the next Batman Weekly. To do it Batman International. And oh, it's him like globe trotting with different Batman Inc. members. It's yeah, it's twenty six issues that, that are just like the South American issues. Yes, Batman Eternal. Yes, <laughs> El Gaucho and all, you know all of them. Just they show up for one or two issues and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Print it. I'm Print sold. it. <laughs> the deal. Multiversity. Multiversity saves DC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, let's be before we wrap up here. Uh, so this is dropping at nine a.m. If you if you listen to this at multiversitycomics.com, nine a.m. on Saturday, you'll hear this. At ten a.m. on Saturday, we are doing something very special ahead of the DC Rebirth announcements. We are sort of we've uh, a number of our writers have have dreamcast them, much like we did on the DC three cast a few weeks ago. But we really fleshed them out. We created fake solicits for all of these, and uh, it's going to be great. So. Check out multiversitycomics.com uh, soon so you can check that out. Um, Zach, we haven't heard your one thing yet. What is your one thing? My one thing, it's actually two things, but they go together. Okay. I'll oh, allow it. first, um, so in the opening pages, we got that spread again with all of the characters along the bottom in their various places, you know? Yes. And when I opened to that, I, my immediate reaction was, oh, I'm reading issue 24. And I had to go back and check the cover again, <laughs> um, just because it looked so similar. But in the panel with Gordon and Duke, it has in quotations, Batman and Robin. Yeah. And... It made me go back and wonder, I think, I can't remember if we've talked about it on here or separately, just about Duke's role um, in Rebirth, and I really do wonder if they're setting him up to be the next Robin, because I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know what you do with Damien at that point. Well, I I think at that point, he, I think you just keep moving everybody up, you know, like... He's going to be Tim now, and Tim will be, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the problem. They, they need a new Robin every few years, but then they don't know what to do with the old ones. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. If, but if, it, the, uh, if Super Sons is indeed Damien and Connor Kent... Um, or Connell, however we're calling him yes. nowadays, if that's truly a team-up book with them and they're doing stuff outside of Gotham, then there is just, kind of an opening for uh, for Duke. Hanging out in the hyperbolic time chamber. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep uh, pushing that one until I'm proven wrong. <laughs> how, gra- how great would it be if it was Damien and Superboy Prime? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Like the, I need the, the two. Where, I've not had enough Superboy Prime in my life in the past five years. Imagine those two egos together. Yeah. All right. Changing and my pitch. Change, versus, changing my pitch for, there, for our article. That's what it is now. <laughs> versus Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the red capes are coming, guys. <laughs> the red capes are coming. So I, I feel like we kind of gave a short shrift, even though we had nice things to say, about the art in this issue. Um, I think that overall it was really great. The only thing I can say about this issue I didn't like is um, I didn't like uh, Dick's face in the last page. It didn't look like Dick to me. 
literally that, that's I, I went through this issue before and I was really enjoying it and then I got to that page and I'm like oh that doesn't really doesn't really work but other than that I think this is a pretty flawless art issue yeah uh, again fun stuff with the doors oh I love that that's also like something that you know we've talked about like how great Midnighter himself is but mm-hmm. like that's just a great use of Wildstorm things you know like that that's something that as a plot point isn't you know that's just really smart writing yeah and it brings something to the dc universe that we don't see all that often but feels Mm -hmm. like it could be a part of the dc universe totally yeah um yeah anything else to add before we wrap up no i think that that does it all right, one well, more, one more issue. One more issue. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Is do we know if it's an oversized issue? You know, I was asking myself that question this morning, and I didn't have an answer for myself. I kind of think it is. I want to say it's three ninety nine, so it's so an extra eight, probably bigger. So. I think so. Okay. I can... It's interesting to me, and this is not a knock on Batman number fifty. But Batman Fifty was like a, a you know, twice. Uh, it was a five ninety nine or four ninety nine comic, and it was oversized. And I'm thinking that's wrapping up like an eight issue story arc, whereas <laughs> this is wrapping up a twenty six issue story arc, and it might not be oversized at all. But that's okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking forward to all the the fun stuff we have planned at Multiversity Comics this week and next. It's a really fun time. This is. You know, rebirth time is like our is a Christmas for us. This is Nerd Christmas this weekend, and uh, yeah, everyone should go online also at the Multiversity Comics and check out Vince's review of Batman Very Superman. <laughs> oh boy, Yawn of Justice, which uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which came out yes, uh, came out it comes out uh, the day after we record this. But when you're hearing this, it will come out the day before. So yeah, um, please yeah. don't at me on it. That's Vince's request, not mine. Um, <laughs> and of course, you can follow the three of us on Twitter.com. My name on there is Brian Needs a Nap. And I'm at SirFox89. And I'm at VJ underscore OSTROWSKI. And join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of Batman and Robin Eternal. Thank goodness we'll have to we'll be able to stop saying mother in such a creepy way <laughs> after <laughs> next week. So. And and threekly. And threekly, yes. <laughs> oh good. I don't think Grace